0: From Birkenstocks to investing, chances are I pronounced Birkenstocks wrong, it's probably Birkenstocks, Uh, but this is Aaron Brown, chair of the Institute for Generational Dynamics and his terrible uh, COVID hair uh, for for season two, episode 15 of Gen Z Deep Dive. So what are all the Gen Zers wearing during this COVID crisis? Well, one might think that it's all Pajamas and athleisure, but no, no, actually, uh, Gen Zier, Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown—that's her name. Apparently, she plays in the show called Stranger Things on Netflix, a show that I don't enjoy, and I'm just using that as clickbait to get you to listen to this episode more because I don't like Stranger Things. I just don't find it an interesting show, uh, but the 16-year-old is wearing, rocking. I don't know what the cool kids say these days uh, as far as how clothes are to be described as they are worn, but she is featured in an orangish red crop top with ball sleeves and ruched detailing. Uh, Maybe it's rushed. uh, She teamed all this up with olive colored high waistband shorts. So we're going to share our screen, show you what actress Millie Bobby Brown is uh is watching or is wearing these days. And there she is. rocking those clothes. And uh the big news is the Birkenstocks. Uh, apparently she has teamed up with Birkenstocks and is making her own shoes or at least uh speaking into uh some rebranding of Chuck Converse's. uh to me I think those Birkenstocks look really comfortable. Uh, if anybody out there, if anybody out there would like to get me a pair of Birkenstocks, I wear a size 10 and a half. so don't forget about me uh, when you are Birkenstock shopping. So, what else is going on in the world of Gen Z? Well, I came across this terrible article. On how Gen Z can get into investing, and as many of you know, uh, most adults are not hip with investing. They don't really understand it. Don't really understand the difference between stocks, bonds, mutual funds, things like that. And these are important things as we as we plan for our uh, futures, future retirement. But uh, anyway, came across this terrible article by Jennifer Spencer. I probably shouldn't say her name. And she talks about how uh, 21% of non investors say that they don't invest because they don't trust financial advisors or stockbrokers, nor do they understand it. And so she's saying there's a big opportunity that is missed with Gen Zers and Millennials when it comes to investing. I think what she sort of gets right is encouraging. Gen Zers and millennials to use do-it-yourself platforms like Elevest. Problem is, if you don't understand how mutual funds work and how the stock market works, then you have a serious problem when you're talking about a program that has 21 asset classes. So if you're not familiar with Vanguard's 500 Index or anything like that, this information could be terribly overwhelming for you. Um, what does make Vest great <coughs> is that, I did my COVID cough, is that I didn't want it to get on you guys. So the one thing that I think that she gets right is just the low cost of entry into a platform like Elevest. So if you were to do something like the Vanguard 500 Index, years ago you had to get in at about a thousand dollars so that's what got you in and then you started investing maybe it was 2000 i can't remember Uh, but what is great about that is that it allows you to get started and getting started is the most important thing at any age. So LFS may be something that you as a Gen Zer and millennial want to look into. If you are a parent of Gen Zers that are younger than age 18, 17, take a look at it. It may be good for you and it may be good for um, your Gen -er. Zer. There's two platforms I'd like to recommend. I certainly don't get any kickbacks for promoting these. I wish I did. It would be fantastic. Uh, But I'm gonna share my screen real quick. And Acorn, I think Acorn is probably one of the best getting started platforms out there. What you need to know about platform is they do charge between a dollar to $3 a month, depending on uh, which product version you want to pursue. But what is great about it is that when you swipe your card at the local coffee shop at the Walmart, the Target, wherever you spend money, it will actually round up to the nearest dollar. So if you spend a dollar 25 at the coffee shop. I don't know what you could buy for a dollar twenty-five at a coffee shop, but if you spend a dollar twenty-five there, it will round it up to two dollars. It will take seventy-five, the seventy-five cents difference, and invest it into uh, one of its assets. So that's fantastic. There's also another platform called Robinhood uh, with its neon green that's burning my eyes right now. Uh, so it's a commission-free investing platform. Uh, kind of tries to get away from commission fees. Don't get me wrong. They're going to make their money. And the whole thing is based on introducing fractional shares. So let's say that, that a share of bank of America is going for $20 and you don't have $20. Um, You can put in as much as you want and get a fractional share. So maybe you own a 20th of bank of America. Maybe you own, uh, half of a Bank of America share of $20. So you'd either have a dollar in Bank of America or or $10 if the share price is $20. And so I think that what we need to remember when it comes to investing, the most important thing is to invest. It's not about having a ton of money to invest or being financially comfortable to invest. It's finding ways to invest because the market is going to go up uh, I know people freak out when the stock market goes down. Um, if you're like me and you have an MBA in finance and you studied the stock market, you're not worried about it. You know, not to be worried about it. You know that the market always rebounds and you know that the market always goes into a recession. It's just a matter of when and what time. So the important thing is to be investing. So going on through Jennifer's article, this terrible article, except for number one, uh, she says, invest in something that interests you. And then immediately uses the example of a friend's Kickstarter uh, for a product you believe in to invest in. Okay, let's make something clear. Kickstarter is not for investing. Kickstarter is for buying things you want. Buying things you want is not investing. I know this may be earth shattering for, for some people, but you're not investing. If you were investing in a product on Kickstarter, that would change all the rules of how Kickstarter could operate. Um, There's so much there that there's probably not even time to go into it, but No, you're not investing when you're buying things you want. Actually, the majority of things that you buy actually do something called depreciate. So when you buy that car, roll it off of the lot, it just depreciated. And as each year goes by, as each mile ticks up on the odometer on your new car, your car is depreciating in value. Sure, some cars hold their value longer and better than other cars but you don't have an investment. Uh, Don't plan on flipping that new car and making more money off of it. So no, maybe you think it's an investment in fun. Maybe you think it's an investment in getting to and from work, but it is not an investment in the sense of an appreciating or gaining in value asset. Um, She also recommends invest in something that's part of a global conversation. Uh, She writes that many millennials enjoy taking part in the conversation around the different types of cryptocurrency on Reddit and Twitter. Uh, So she encourages people to go to Bitcoin, an app that will allow you to purchase cryptocurrency. Um, There's so much wrong with this. So much wrong with this. One, One issue is we've seen the life cycle of cryptocurrency play out in front of us. Uh, If you invested big into Bitcoin, you sort of made a lot of money and sort of lost a lot of money. And one of the big things about Bitcoin is that it took about two to three weeks. Once you said, sell my Bitcoin, it took about two to three weeks for you to cash that out. Okay in two to three weeks, that whole thing could have crashed, and you would have lost, maybe, you know, these gains, and a huge problem with early cryptocurrencies is that they were never tied to physical assets, so if you are a Warren Buffett fan like myself, you want anything you invest in to be tied to physical assets, and most cryptocurrencies, at least in the beginning, have not been, but go to Coinbase, look at the currencies that are there and you can even go to investor.com or investing.com and check out their cryptocurrency tab and it'll give you hundreds. It seems like hundreds of cryptocurrencies that you can look at. And unless you're making big moves with like a million dollars and you can get that money out and do it in a day trading fashion. I just don't think cryptocurrencies is your long-term solution or strategy to having money at a retirement age. Uh, She also recommends doing a convertible loan, uh, investing in businesses with a convertible loan. Uh, For millennials in the startup sphere interested in business or working in venture capital, this is a great way to begin the process of startup investing while also giving the startup a year to perform before deciding whether to invest or take back their loan money with a small interest rate accrued. Uh, Basically, she's stumping, on a millennial uh, generational trait that, you know, do good, invest small, be a venture capitalist. Uh, The problem with this model is small businesses start up and fold frequently. And you look at venture capital, if you've ever studied venture capital, take a look at uh, WeWork. WeWork has never made money, guys never. Did an IPO. They made a ton of money. I think that the founder just cashed out from his stock options and left the company. It's all a ploy. Like what this guy did with WeWork, the goal was never to make money. The goal was to get to an IPO, make a lot of money off investors in WeWork, and then cash out and walk away from the business. Do you know who lost? investors investors are losing in the whole we work model i don't think they've ever made money they've never had a year in the black as far as i know i could be wrong it's fine if i'm wrong but part of that is that WeWork would do what is called funding rounds every year couple of years and say, well, we need more money. You know, we're growing, we're doing this and that, but we just haven't reached that point. We saw the same thing with Amazon. Amazon spent almost a decade not making money until they started making money. So to suggest convertible loans seems very premature. Uh, Suggesting those to millennials and Gen Z seems very premature. I would actually, if I was a Gen Z or millennial, and I am a millennial, I would start out with something like Acorn so that you know that you're building towards something and uh, it's taking the money for you. You don't have to sit down, write a check, do a bank transaction or anything like that. You just set up, start doing it and start investing today. Uh, If you'd ever like to reach out to me, um, my email is aaron at drerinbrown.com. My Instagram and Twitter handles are at, at symbol, IGD underscore Aaron Brown. And then also I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Tim Lichty or Lichty, Tim Lichty, uh, who is, uh, he is involved with Gen Zers down in Colleen, Texas. And uh, he gave us a shout out the other day. And so I want to give him a shout out right back. Tim, great to, uh, to meet you through mutual friends. And uh, thanks for listening to Gen Z Dive.